your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. It is BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. One of the best in the business is Greg Wyshynski. He joins us now on 101 ESPN. Greg, I've seen that you've been very fired up by this story about Tim Peel so far this morning. For anybody in our listening audience that didn't see it, he's the referee that was fired earlier today for on a hot mic saying that he wanted to get a call in early against Nashville. What'd you make of this, Greg? Thanks for hopping on with us today. And what's your overall takeaway from him getting fired today? Well, first off, we should we should correct the record. He hasn't been fired. He's just not working. I mean, oh, he, okay. he's got My two apologies. months. He's got two months before retirement. He's like Danny Glover and Lethal Weapon. You know, <laughs> he's just trying to get there. Great reference, but, uh, Greg. Yeah, he's just not going to work for the next couple of months. No, listen. It, there's so much to unpack here. The first thing, obviously, a lot of people know I have some history with Tim Peel. Um, I used to cover him when I was writing the Puck Daddy blog at Yahoo. He's a terrible referee, and, and he should have been off off the ice years ago um, for being inept, for being bad at his job. Uh, that it had to happen like this is kind of unfortunate because he's a scapegoat. I mean, what he said last night during that game, while uh, embarrassing for the league and especially embarrassing for a league that's trying to get people to uh, spend a lot of money betting on their sport and having referees caught on hot mics saying, oh, I just decided to arbitrarily call a penalty because this team needed one. Uh, that's not a good look. Um, the, the, the problem is that this happens all the time. I mean, this is, this is the state of NHL officiating in 2021 where there are makeup calls. You can set your watch to it. Um, you know when penalties are going to be called. You know when they're not going to be called. It's a concept called game management. It's unique to hockey. It's not something you see in the NBA. It's not something you, you completely see in the NFL in the same way, although you know you do get that makeup call uh, in the NFL a lot. But you don't get the balancing of the ledger like you get in hockey. And, and you know the fact is, is that these referees for decades now have been conditioned to call the game a certain way, and they've been conditioned because when they don't, the players and the coaches get outraged. You know How many times have we heard in a post-game interview the refs shouldn't decide the game. Well, guess what? In some, in some ways they do, but in many cases they don't because they don't want to you know, get the criticism from the people playing and coaching in it. You know, Greg, uh, it, the league is in such an interesting situation too with this officiating because there's a lot of young officials right now that are trying to kind of turn the game around, starting to call things a little bit differently. Where do you feel like 
that's going to go after this news with a lot of these younger officials? Do you think it's going to fix itself, or do you think these problems might still exist? It's a good question. I will say one of the reasons why Tim Peel was allowed to exist in this league is because he's old. Uh, he's been around since 99, and there's been a lot of turnover in this league uh, to younger officials. And, uh, and Peel himself told me that one of his primary jobs uh, you know, within the last five years was to foster and, and mentor some of these younger officials during games. That's why sometimes you'd see atrociously bad calls that got credited to Peel, and it was actually like the kid ref that made the call. Um, it's a good question, and, and I think it, it, it speaks to the relationship between referees and the NHL itself. Um, if you think back to the year after the canceled season, the 05-06 season, they called everything, and they called everything specifically to try to enforce um, obstruction rules and hooking and holding rules and, and, and trying to get rid of the trap years and open up the game. The hockey was unwatchable. There was like nine penalties on each team and, and all of them were power plays and it was a, a really frustrating time to be a fan um, but the but the thing it was that the NHL had the backs of their officials to call the game as they saw fit and and I think that's the part of the the equation here is you have the players and the coaches wanting one thing the referees reacting to it and then you have the NHL as kind of the overseer of this whole thing and and you know, I think they tacitly endorse the way that the games are officiated now. I think they like the idea of there not being a penalty call late in the third period or in overtime. I think they like the idea of at the end of the night, both teams have around the same number of power plays. Um, so it is contingent on them to have the backs of their officials if their referees want to call the game a certain way that's not part of that script. Um, but I don't know if there's an appetite to really make that happen unless, you know, this incident is a, is a sea change moment for officiating. We're talking to Greg Wyshynski here on 101 ESPN. Greg, I'm going to take a hard right turn here because I wanted to ask you about another big story that's coming up here pretty soon in the next few weeks, which is the trade deadline. I don't think the Blues are going to be active at the deadline, but I wanted to ask you about a hypothetical scenario because as this team starts getting healthy, it's kind of difficult for me to see a situation where the Blues have both Mike Hoffman and Zach Sanford in the lineup if they were to make one of those guys available for hopefully a really big, strong physical defenseman, do you think there's anybody out there that, that kind of fits that criteria that makes sense in your mind that you've been looking at as, as a potential candidate that's available via trade, a big, strong defender that's maybe even a third-pairing defenseman that can help this team? Yeah, well, it's an interesting uh, note on, on Sanford. Um, I, I didn't quite know about his uh, availability. I think there'd be a lot of value there and insofar as him being a restricted free agent instead of um, Hoffman, who obviously is going to be a UFA again after the season. But, you know, there, there, there is a market for that type of player. I mean, the one that's, that jumps to mind is Matthias Ekholm from the National Predators. Uh, he's sort of the bell of the ball right now when it comes to the trade deadline, if in fact they want to move him because the Predators are making a push towards the playoffs right now. Uh, the, the price on this guy is crazy. I mean, it would cost you a first. It would cost you a, a pretty high uh, prospect. Um, and then probably something else beyond that because he does have a little bit of term left on his contract. One name to watch out for is Alex Goligoski with the Arizona Coyotes. He's, been, uh, he's a veteran guy, plays a physical role. He's been mentioned a lot in conjunction with the uh, Philadelphia Flyers who are still reeling from the uh, surprising retirement of uh, Matt Niskanen mm -hmm. before the season. They, they, just, they didn't find that guy to kind of fill that 20-minute-a-night physical defenseman role. So those are a couple names that are sort of out there. And, 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 but I will say that if that is the 
Um, if that's number one on the shopping list, there's going to be a lot of competition for those types of players. It does seem to be the, the position of need right now in this league. But if you're going to offer up a, a young player like Sanford, who's, who's got some controllability on his contract, I think that'd be a, a pretty aggressive move. Greg, let me follow up with that this then, because we all have seen the Blues struggles, not just as of late, but really this season kind of playing 500 hockey. Do you think it's necessary for this team to make a move come trade deadline time? Um, well, I think the health situation for the team obviously makes it a bit difficult to really assess whether an extra piece or two is going to change the dynamics here. If we're honest about the Blues, the problem right now is that they're in a division where it's Godzilla versus Kong. <laughs> I mean, it's like it is Colorado and it is Vegas, and it would be one of the biggest upsets of the season if those two teams didn't meet for the division title. And it's no slight to the Blues, and it's no slight to, to Minnesota. Um, it's no slight to the teams that are kind of in that mushy middle after those that group, like uh, the Kings and the Sharks and the Coyotes. You're just dealing with two teams that are, along with Tampa, at the height of their powers right now um, as far as, as gameplay. And in Vegas's case, maybe even could be even better than they've been. So on top of it being at a division where it's going to be difficult to emerge just because of who you've been seated with, um, you're also in kind of this anomalous, shortened, COVID-impacted season as well. And I've talked to some general managers that are like, look, you know, you can't overreact to what you're seeing this season. Um, at the end, you know, someone's going to win the cup and they're going to feel validated for having done it. But a lot of teams that don't are going to look at this season as kind of almost a mulligan. And, and maybe you don't, you know, overreact or, or push all your chips in in a year where things might just be a little bit screwy. He's one of the best in the business for my money. He's Greg Wyshynski. You can read his work over on ESPN.com and give him a follow on Twitter as well, at Wyshynski, his last name, W-Y-S-H-Y-N-S-K-I. Greg, we always appreciate the time, man. All the best to you and yours, and we'll talk with you again soon, my friend. Anytime. Thanks for having me.